And it's time for your journey to better health with Dr. Brad Shapiro from Ultimate Health Chiropractic. And Brad, if you would, our standard disclaimer and our sponsors. Please understand that uh, we're not trying to treat you over the airwaves. So if you do, if you do have a health care concern or if we talk about anything that sparks your interest, please seek out the health care provider of your choice, whether it's chiropractor like myself, physical therapist, medical doctor, massage therapist, dentist, whatever the case may be, please seek out the health care provider of your choice. Then I want to mention our sponsors. First, we have Unstoppable Church, headed up by Pastor Brad Brinkley and staff. Great group of people. They did kind of a rock and roll worship service. And then they're affiliated with a large group called Life Church out of Oklahoma. You can reach them, excuse me, you can reach them at area code 931-649-2909. Again, that's area code 931-649-2909. Second sponsor actually happens to be here with us. Mm -hmm. It's the fourth Monday of the month, so we have Pastor Josh Conrad with us. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, man. Good, good, good. I'm good. I'm waking up. I, I know. I'm, I'm here. Be- my wife is going to be on, but we forgot my son Arlo's backpack. And- <laughs> yeah, I know, man. It's just how it goes. Oh, it's yeah. happened. We've, we've definitely been in that position where Melissa's had to race home and uh, race it back to man, school or whatever. Anyway, it is what it is, but it's going yeah. good, man. Good, good, good. Um we were kind of talking about a pretty interesting topic oh, this man. morning. Um, just run all your viewers off right now. All <laughs> yeah. your listeners are running. No, I'm just kidding. Well, that's, you know, one of the core things that we talk about on the show is just kind of putting everything into the light, and then people can make their own decisions. Yeah. Um, you know, like we've talked about it at church before, one of the core things that I continue to pray is just that First Corinthians 4, verse 5. Everything that's been hidden in the darkness will be brought to light. Right. And that the motives of the heart will be revealed. But a lot of that is just bringing everything to light and... This subject of um, praying in tongues oh, and man. your spiritual you language. It's out now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we're going to talk about. Let's just, uh, I'd love for you guys to hear from Pastor Josh. He did a sermon on this, yeah. it made a lot of sense, scripture based, so he's not just bringing this out of, out of thin air. Yeah. Um, but what would you, how would you explain what it means to oh, pray in goodness. tongues? Oh, and, my goodness. And what's the difference between that? The baptism of the Holy Spirit versus the baptism that people go through when they first get saved. I okay, think it's another so, important yeah, thing. Yeah, the baptism when you – so here's – this is kind of what – you know, this is what we believe. We're assemblies of God. And so this is what would be called non-essential doctrine, okay? Okay. There's essential doctrine. There's non-essential doctrine. And I just think I always like to put that out there because I think it's very important for people to distinguish between the two. Mm-hmm. Essential doctrine, essential, meaning essential to salvation – it's going to be like the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. You, you, yeah. We have to believe these things in order to be saved. Stuff uh, you can't budge on. Yeah, you can't budge on. It's going to be the yeah. virgin birth. Uh, yes. You know, things that are exclusive to the deity of Jesus Christ. You know, things that are necessary for salvation. Now, there's, mm-hmm. then there's non-essential doctrine, which is going to be kind of what we're talking about right now, mm-hmm. which is the gifts of the Spirit, yeah. tongues, those type of things. Um they're not essential for salvation. You know, we can work through these theologically. Uh, pre-trib rapture or mid-trib rapture, those type of things, non-essential doctrine. Yes. But what happens, and this is why we have different denominations. You yes. know, these different denominations, they believe in the core, you know, the essential doctrines, but they vary on the non-essential stuff. When is the rapture going to take place? Are the gifts of the Spirit for today? Am I a cessationist or a continuationist? <laughs> yeah. And people, man... They get so they get their panties in a twist. Can I say that? Is that bad? <laughs> oh man, you make me blush. No, they it's fine. Do, man. Yeah. They get so just worked up over these non-essential doctrine. Yes, and they are important. Yes, um, but we, I say, look, we need to really focus on the essentials. 
Jesus Christ. And I think that's a great point. Yeah. Um, you know, and that kind of gets into unity issues. Yeah. You know, a lot of these oh, different denominations and we're bickering over things that are not essential. Right. It, it's fine for you to view it a little bit differently than I view it, right. um, as long as we're not budging on the keys, on the uh, the essential doctrine. Right, right. I mean, if you don't believe in the resurrection of Christ, guess what? Newsflash, <laughs> Paul would say you're not a Christian. Yes, I mean, yes. you have to believe in those things. Yeah. And so <clears throat> when we get saved... Um, Golly, how far deep do we want to go? There's a regeneration that takes place in your spirit. Just like, you know, I think about when a salamander's tail breaks off, you know, it regenerates. It grows back to its original state. Yes. So in the garden, way back in the garden, Adam and Eve, they eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and there's a separation that occurs. Their Mm -hmm. spirits die, and they need to be awakened and alive again. Well, that's what Jesus did for us when he came and died upon the cross, resurrected. When we accept what he did, uh, our spirits come alive again. Mm. They're perfect. They don't. They don't. I mean, they're they're perfect. You know, yes. they they come alive again. We're in right standing with God. Mm. Now, I so you should have this desire in you to want to be baptized. We believe in submersion baptism. You know, yeah. like put me all the way under the water. That's kind of what it, what it says in the in the word. But you should have this desire to want to be baptized. Now, mm. if I am on my way to the baptismal pool and I get hit by a bus and I don't make it. Yeah, but I have accepted Christ as my Savior. There's been this regeneration in my spirit. Guess what? I would say I'm saved and I'm going to go to heaven. Yes. Just because yeah. I didn't make it to the baptismal pool doesn't mean I'm not saved. Yes. Now there are some denominations that would say, you know what? If you don't make it to that baptismal pool, you may not be saved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't. We don't, we don't yeah. want to go there. No. Yeah. But there is this when you do get baptized. Uh, it's like uh, it's like you're being buried and you're coming up out of the grave. I mean, you know, the old man is dying, the new man is resurrected. And for me, the great thing about it is you are in front of the church and you're saying, I am now submitted to you guys. You know, I'm ready to walk out this life of Christianity amongst other believers. And, yeah. and so that would be like water baptism. Okay. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, which I do believe is still for today. Yes. Um, if I, I mean, I can look up the scriptures, but in Luke, we know that Jesus, I think it's in John, he breathed upon the disciples, mm-hmm. and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. This okay. is the resurrected Christ. Okay. Now, I believe when he breathed upon the disciples, they received the Holy Spirit, and at that moment, there was salvation that came. Yes. Okay? Yes. Um, you cannot be saved without the Holy Spirit coming in and taking up residence inside yes. of you. Um now, but if you look in Luke, he would tell the disciples, hey, don't do anything until you are endued with power from on high. Mm-hmm. Wait for the Holy Spirit. And that's what they did. They went to the upper room. Yeah. They waited for the Holy Spirit to come. Holy Spirit came upon them like fire, like tongues of fire. It's about Luke or Acts? I'm well, talking well, about he, wrote, Acts. he wrote Acts. Yeah, he okay, wrote Acts. Okay, yes. He wrote Acts, but in Luke, he would say, yes. Jesus, just wait. Yeah. <clears throat> Terry, just wait for power to come. And so then we see in Acts, the Holy Spirit comes. Yes. And it's there's this baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's mm-hmm. this it, There's power for evangelism. There's power to work in the gifts of the Spirit. There is a uh, just a an, an increased fervor and hunger and love for God that comes when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That was one of the confusing parts for me when I first got saved. You, you talk about power, yeah. you know, walking in the power. Yeah, what is it? Um, well, I just dunamis, <laughs> dunamis power. Uh, but I mean, and I don't mean this negative towards any individuals, but 
most of the Christians that I knew really didn't seem to be walking in a whole lot of power. Uh, yeah, you know? and here's the thing. You can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You can, uh, you know, you can fall down in a service and what, you know, you can speak in tongues and, but, but if your life is still polluted and looks like, you know, if you're not living a holy life, yeah. you're not apprehending that power that you've been given, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, so there is this baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I feel like, here's just me, okay, again, so we can work through this. Yeah. It's a continual feeling, though. Yes. It's it's not a one and done. Oh, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, now I got it and I'm good. Mm-hmm. There's just, if you look throughout the Word, and even in Ephesians, there's this continual feeling that takes place. Yes. And, and, and we see it is... Uh, it is um, shown in Acts that people had hands laid on them and mm-hmm. they received the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and I'm going to be tell- I'm going to tell you, I don't believe I received the Holy Spirit that way. I yeah. think there was such a hunger inside of me that God just like He just came, man. You know I mean, yeah. He just came. I woke up one night, and so with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, yeah, I believe comes the gift of tongues. Yes, <clears throat> I do believe it, and this is something I had to work through myself. But I think it is evidence of being baptized with the Holy Spirit. And this is where people can kind of disagree <laughs> or agree. Yeah. Okay, guys, it's all good. It's okay. Yeah. But as Assemblies of God Church, we would say it is evidence that you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Not evidence that you're saved. Yes. Because there are some denominations out there who say, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. Yes. I don't yeah. personally believe that. Yeah, I don't either. I don't personally believe that. Yeah. But we do. I do believe that there is this this gift of tongues that comes, and it. And here's the way I look at it: it's utilized kind of two ways. My wife hates that word "utilized." <laughs> I always utilize it though. Yeah. <laughs> She'd smack me right here. <laughs> Don't use that word "utilize." Just say "use." You know, like, I can't help it. Yeah. Uh, but I think when the baptism of the Holy Spirit occurs, and that can occur, you know. I've seen it happen where I have laid hands on people mm-hmm. and prayed for them, and they've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, gift of tongues. Yeah. But I've also experienced in my own life where it just happened because yeah. there was such a deep hunger inside of me for the Lord. But when it happens, I believe that everyone receives a, a gift of tongues. Mm-hmm. And this is the way I like to look at it. So if we were to look in Corinthians, I think it's 12, 13, 14, those areas, <clears throat> there's a... There's a difference, I think, in when somebody operates in the gift of tongues. Hmm. So if you're in a church service, if you've ever had this happen, and it rarely happens. This is a great, yeah, listen closely, listeners, because this uh, is, you uh, really want to wrap your mind around yeah. this, because I learned a lot when you it were ra- It rarely happens. Like, can you think about, I mean, you've been attending Abundant Life how long now? Five years? Not, yeah, five, six years. Have you, has anybody ever stood up? So this is what it looks like, right? Somebody will stand up. Just like a word of prophecy is being given or something like, you know, somebody will stand up who has the gift of tongues and they'll begin. You'll notice a shift. I mean, there'll be a shift in the atmosphere. It will be like, okay, everybody pay attention because this Mm -hmm. individual is about to address the congregation. Mm Mm-hmm. The congregation is fixing to receive a word from the Lord. Yes. And they will begin to speak in tongues. And everybody will be quiet, mm-hmm. and then there'll be somebody. It can it can be that individual. The Bible says that gave the message in tongues. Mm-hmm. They can interpret it, or there's also a gift of interpretation. So mm-hmm. somebody in the congregation will wait to receive the interpretation, and then they'll interpret what was just said. Now that is what needs to happen when somebody stands up and is making a public proclamation and address to the congregation. There needs to be an interpretation. Yes. Yes. Now, 
Here we go. Yeah. Now, but I do believe that everybody at the baptism of the Holy Spirit receives a like a prayer language. Yes. The 120, there was a prayer language. Yes. There was really only like, I don't know, it was 15 or 16 different languages that were being spoken that the hearers could understand. Mm-hmm. I think the others were speaking in their prayer language. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's this prayer language that, that happens. It. It's and it, and it would uh, let me just read this. It's First Corinthians fourteen two because I got it open, <clears throat> and I'm using the amplified here. Uh, it says, "For one who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to people but to God, for no one understands him or catches his meaning. But by the Spirit he speaks mysteries, secret truths, hidden things. There is this speaking directly to God, not to people. Mm-hmm. There's not this proclamation to people that needs to be interpreted. Yep." And there's another scripture, I'll look and see if I can find it, but it talks about praying specifically in tongues. But there is this conversation you're having with directly with the Lord and you're speaking mysteries. I think that's the key word, at least for me, is that you're speaking mysteries. Um, Mysterioso, whatever, I don't know how the word is. Because I've heard the argument before, well, they were just speaking a language that so-and-so didn't understand, but that's not the same as speaking mysteries to God. Speaking mysteries. You know, Italian is not speaking mysteries. Right, and you're speaking, you're not, again, you're not addressing the congregation. Yes, you are addressing God. You're specifically speaking to the Lord. And the Lord knows that I need things written out on construction paper and crayons. Like, get me the box of crayons out and make it super simple for me. <laughs> nice, and, nice and simple. And he's given me, experiences are good, but yeah. the experiences you have have to line up with the Word of God. You yes. know? So we can't just live from a place of experience. It's got to be married to the Word of God. Yes. And he's given early on in, in my when I got saved, he gave me a lot of experiences, a lot of encounters with him. And one mm-hmm. of those was one night I was dead asleep, and I just woke up, man, and I was speaking in another tongue. Wow! And there was nobody there to interpret it. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't like somebody <laughs> come run out of the closet and be like, "I got to interpret this word right now." Exactly. But you know, I was I, it, my spirit was so full. Uh, I think it's in John. It says, you know, out of your belly will flow living water. You know, yes. I was so full and filled up with the Lord, and so hungry and desperate for Him. It just came out. Yeah. And I woke up, man, and I was just speaking in this tongue, and and I thought, my my Lord, what I've gone crazy. Like, yeah. What is happening right now? And I, and, and I thought, maybe, is this demonic, you know? Is this like... But there was a... I was familiar with the demonic. Look, I was yeah. addicted to drugs and alcohol, so I had plenty of demonic experiences. I had open doors left and right, right? <laughs> yeah. But this was... But I was saved, and, and I, it, this was not that. You know, this... I felt the presence of the Lord in the room. Yeah. I felt His authoritative, loving presence, and I knew that this was of God. And, uh, and so... You cannot persuade me otherwise that tongues is not for today. You just can't. I've had the experience, and I've got the scripture to back it up. But I know there are people who believe otherwise. Well, and I think that's one of the key things is when you have that encounter and you have that experience, nobody can take it away from you. Um, And then you've also spent the time, you know, backing it up with scripture of, you know, hey, what – how does scripture address what happened to me that night? Because I think that's oh, key, man. too. Um, oh, man. That's one of the things that stood out to me when I first got saved and began to to learn more about scriptures. It's so neat how it addresses everything, either directly or indirectly, that oh, we face. You yeah. know, And so you can always backpedal and say, well, what in the world just happened? Yeah. Or, you know, and then the Holy Spirit will give you, you know, revelation around you know, how that scripture applies to what happened to you. 
Um, yeah. But I think praying in tongues, I just I would encourage people to, um, to strongly consider it if you never have, um, you know, pray about it, consider it. Yeah. I know for me personally, um, a couple of the benefits that I like is a lot of times I'm not sure what to pray. I know mm. I'm supposed to pray, but I'm not right. sure how to pray or who right. to pray for or what words to use. Right. And just to be able to go to directly into that, that spiritual language, yeah. you know, to speak mysteries oh, to my man. Heavenly Father um, yeah. is just so huge. And I've also noticed that when I pray in tongues, it's like my spirit lifts. You know, man. it goes to, you know, it just goes higher and higher and higher and higher. Um, it'll lift me out of a, I guess, a lower place yeah. or, you know, it's uh, by the grace of God, I, I don't typically struggle with like depression or whatever, but sometimes I'm a little lower than, than yeah. other times. And to be able to have that tool to, to pray in tongues and really lift my spirit is oh, huge. Um, but it's just a really, really, really powerful tool. It's a, it's a confidential conversation between you and your Heavenly Father. Right, the enemy right. cannot understand it. Yeah, I, um, I think primarily your prayer language, I mean, it is for, it's for prayer, man. Mm-hmm. It's for that private place with you and the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, now, yeah, like, so in even in our church services, and I know this will be controversial too, but <laughs> we just <laughs> love it's the okay, man. Yeah. It's okay. We just we just want to give people things to think uh, yeah. about. We're not trying to force feed anybody, no, but, no, but no, these no. are things that you know I I would want to be made aware of so oh, I could at least man. make my own decision. And I promise you, I I look, I have people I reach out to, I respect uh, people in the faith who've been walking with the Lord for a long time. Yeah. And before I preach anything that's like controversial like this, I'm like, hey. Let me run this by you. What is, yes. is it? Am I off base? Or because that is not seek wise counsel. My intention is to represent the Lord well. Yes, uh, yes, it really is. But we have like the way I like to think about it. We've got like a Lamborghini man in the garage that we never pull out and drive. You yes. know, like it's just in the garage. That's like tongues, man. We've got this this amazing gift that even people who get baptized in the Holy Spirit, they have this prayer language. They know they have it. They never, they never ever use it for its intended purpose. Yes. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. And you take 15 minutes a day. Let me some challenge. I challenge my church to do this. 15 minutes a day and begin to just pray in tongues uh, for 15 minutes. It'll probably feel like three hours yeah. at first. <laughs> yeah. But you watch, man. Watch the fruit that takes place in your life. The revelation that comes. The um, yet just the the inspiration, the intimacy that comes. Yeah. And, and I want to give one more scripture too. I know I'm talking a lot here, but no, this um, is good. It's First Corinthians fourteen, fourteen through fifteen. I personally feel like this is like the best way to pray. Mm-hmm. Is a combination of so I will pray um, in the spirit or in tongues for you know extended period of time, and then I'll shift into this type of prayer, which is what I'm fixing to say here. First Corinthians fourteen, fourteen through fifteen. It says, "What then? What shall I do?" I will pray in the Spirit, that's in tongues, and I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the Spirit, and I will also sing in words I understand. So Mm -hmm. I think when you get to this place in your prayer time where you are praying in tongues but also praying with words you can understand, it is like the perfect crescendo. You know, they complement each other so well. Yeah. I might walk around and... I'm not going to do it on air, but you know, I'll, like, <laughs> yeah. I'll start praying in tongues. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll, you know, I'll switch to whatever. You know, oh, God, you're so amazing and so good. And I love you. You're perfect in all your ways. Yes. And then here's what happens I'm like, these human words are not even adequate to describe how amazing you are, Lord. Mm. Like, I can say amazing, great, wonderful yeah. a bazillion times, and they do not describe how great he is. 
but yeah. I'll shift into tongues, man, and I'll start praying these mysteries. Yeah. And it's almost like maybe that is adequate. You know, like <laughs> yeah. Maybe what I'm saying right now is giving God high praise. No, in that combination of describing, um, I know for me at least, it's almost like you lock into a rhythm that becomes very fluid. You're just in yeah. sync with the, yeah. the heart of the Lord, and you'll pray in tongues, and then the Holy Spirit will show you to use specific words to pray for Joe Blow across right. the, the world, and oh, um, yeah. and then you'll pray more in tongues, and then the Holy Spirit will show you, you know, my wife or my spouse really needs prayer about this, yeah. and it becomes just a very fluid conversation. I I never cease to be amazed how much different the prayers come out when I go through that process versus what I may have thought was going to happen or what I was going to pray about. Right. You know, you go into it thinking, well, I really need to pray about X, Y, and Z, and the Holy Spirit will begin to shift your spirit and show you, no, actually, you need to be more focused on this. Yeah. Um, But it's just, it's that intimate, fluid, Um, riding the wave dance, riding the wave, <laughs> you know, and it's a, oh. it's just, it's an amazing process, and it's, I always uh, feel like a certain level of like gratitude swell up in me to Dude. just be able to be a part of that process with the co-creator of yeah. everything. Yeah, you know? people are like, I, you know, I just don't feel the presence of the Lord. I'm like, well, just practice gratitude. And yes, it, it will come. Yes, winter's course with Thanksgiving, and I mean. When you start to just thank him for things he's done, things he hadn't even done yet, for who he is, that gratitude comes. But what a what a privilege, man! What an honor yes. to pray. Yes. And I know that I have more exclusive time to probably do it because kind of my job, I guess. <laughs> and I'm like, What's I your need, job description? I, pray. I need my yeah. oil filled. You know, like yeah. I, I just can't. It terrifies me to think that I'm going to stand before the congregation and get and deliver His word and not be not be prayed up, not have been in the prayer closet, you know, with my oil filled. Yeah, and that's something I know me and and many other members of the congregation are are very thankful for that. Um, I don't mean this negative, but, you know, just for the listeners to understand, you'd be surprised how many people, you know, they they use sermons that they found a PowerPoint online or just, and I'm not, I don't mean that negative, but... um, you know, Pastor Josh and many other pastors, they're really speaking, um, they're really spending time in the prayer closet. They're really seeking, you know, Lord, what do you want me to communicate to your people? Yeah. Um, what scriptures do you want me to use? It's just a, it's a whole different level of, of uh, intentionality, Man. if that's even the right word. It's, yeah, um, yeah. Versus just trying to fill up your calendar with sermons for, for the next uh, 52 weeks I, or whatever. I have. I have wanted to be able to do that, but the Lord just won't let me. You know, because like, there's some. <laughs> It'd make life easier. Oh it? my goodness, yeah. it would. It would. But in Acts, you know, Peter talks about look. Our, he talks about the primary role, I think, of a, of a pastor or an apostle or whoever's in the fivefold ministry is. Uh, it's prayer in the Word. I mean, it's praying and it's being yeah. in the Word of God. And, and yeah, but what a, what a privilege, man, to, to be able to pray. And uh, and I thought about Paul the Apostle, you know, uh, I wrote this down in my sermon, but the greatest Christian probably of all time, apart from Jesus, uh, you know, <laughs> wrote the majority of the New Testament, has more revelation given to him. Why do we think he had more revelation given to him than Jesus? Well, in 1 Corinthians fourteen eighteen, he says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Yeah. I think that might be a direct correlation. Yeah. Because revelation comes, man, when you speak in tongues. It does. But he did. He was so effective. He did so much to further the gospel. And he said that, I thank God 
I speak in tongues more than all of you. And I and and I was like that Christian for so long who had that Lamborghini in the garage, man, but never drove it. Yeah. And the Lord really convicted me. It was like, if Paul. Yeah. Did he say, why aren't you doing it, Josh? Like, why aren't you using this gift that I've given you? And I've known Christians that have had the the gift of tongues and essentially lost it from lack of use. Oh, wow. I mean, maybe that's not. I think it's got stirred up, you know. Just, yeah. yeah, or just, I mean, I, I've known some that, um, like, I've. It's like they just lost it. Wow. You know, it's it's almost just a lack of, like, if you don't use it, you lose it. Oh, um, wow. I don't even know if that's, I yeah. have to pray about that as yeah. I even say that yeah, out loud, because yeah. I don't yeah. want that to come across as condemning or anything, but um, it is like you've got this Lamborghini yeah. that um, you have at your disposal. Now, now I want to drive it. Yeah, I lost the keys. keys, yes, yeah. Oh, wait, that's probably a push start. <laughs> there you go, exactly. You should have a key in your pocket. Exactly. Uh, so, but... Uh, but it's a powerful thing. You know, definitely want to encourage people to, again, pray about it. You can read about it in these scriptures that Pastor Josh is citing. And oh, man. Just kind of make up your own mind. Yeah, you know? and, it, and it is. I mean, it is, again, depending on which camp you fall in. I even hate to say that. <clears throat> different, different. you know, people who don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit will say that that's, this is not even for today. Yeah. And they'll take scripture and interpret it differently than I would. Yeah. And you know what? It's a non-essential doctrine. It's non-essential, I, I, yes. I can still worship with you as yes. long as we're worshiping Jesus. Yes. And we're focusing on the essential stuff. Um, and that's something our church has a heart for. You know, we want to be unified for it with other churches. Oh, we're okay yeah. if they worship a little bit different than we do or right. whatever. Um, you know, as long as nobody's compromising on the essential doctrine, that's obviously. It, right. um, but there's a... There's an ebb and flow with this stuff, and, and I would I would just want to be aware of it, you know, yeah. and then you can make up your own mind. But when I had somebody explain this to me, and I went through the whole process of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I was like, Hallelujah! You Man, know, yeah. I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to try to operate without that dunamis power that uh, I felt an immediate shift and change uh, through the baptism of the Holy yeah. Spirit. Yeah, man, it's it's a uh, Again, I would say the baptism of the Holy Spirit is essential, you know, it, but I get where it's, you know, you, you you can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. So I do yeah. understand, you know, some people that don't, they reject it, but my goodness gracious, yeah. you're missing out. Yeah. You really are missing out. So We're out of time, yeah, man. This good, is man. terrible. Good, uh, good conversation. Yes. Do you mind giving the, um, the vitals of the church and all that info, everything that's going on? Uh, yeah. So let me see if I can think of everything. <laughs> I know Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock, we have, um, we're doing a study on the book of Mark. Mm. So, hey, guys, we are doing some expository stuff. We're yes. going line by line. It's not all topical. Yeah. I know people are big on that. But I love, yeah, just breaking it down verse by verse. We are in Mark 16. This uh, is the last chapter of Mark this Wednesday, and we're done. Yeah. So I've got to make a decision on what we're going to do next. I'm thinking Revelation just for my own benefit to learn. Yeah. But I don't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> but on Wednesday nights, we do have a Bible study. Uh, we have church service, of course, is 1030 on Sunday. We'd love for you to come and visit. Yeah, and I'm sure there's all a host of other things happening, but those are those are the main ones. Yeah, it's uh, you know the the church we we stay very active with with mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff, and the schedule's always kind of changing a little bit, but um, but yeah, plenty to to plug into, and definitely want to encourage people to come out and check yeah. out Abundant Life Assembly of God come right down the road from the station. Come check it out. Come yes. Check it out. Well, thanks for joining us, and um, really appreciate it. You know, make sure you tune in again the fourth Monday of next month. We'll do a, a similar type of show where we'll talk about all kinds of stuff, and hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And we will talk to you at 7 a.m. Monday of next week.